Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? It's your old buddy, John, and you have once again located the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with sketch editor Bill Nichols, sketch publisher Bob Hickey, and tonight we're hitting the emails and answering your questions. But first off, as always, how you doing tonight, guys? Hi, John. How are you? I am fabulous. <laughs> doing great, John. Doing great. All right, so, uh, young Mr. Nichols, you have a couple of emails and messages from folks out there in the world, if you would please take it away. Well, sure. Um, I've said before that if you have comments or questions on the podcast, you can go to the comic-related forum, and we have a whole section for the podcast and Sketch Magazine and everything else. But uh, looking over these last week, one, there's an old one that's, I guess, been on our table or the back burner for a while, but uh, this one one is from Hoyt. Uh, I have uh, looked over Hoyt's portfolio before. I mentioned him before. Uh, his screen name is The Hoyt. But uh, he asked about, um, we had a podcast about covers. And so he was wondering if you guys thought about uh, doing one on splash pages, doing a podcast on splash pages, how and when to use them, examples of really good splash pages, Artists who use them to forward the storytelling, and of course, when not to use them. And just a thought: keep up the good work, Hoyt. Bob, I think you have an opinion on this. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking earlier about it. Um, splash pages are cool, but I have a feeling they might be sort of a thing in the past. I think full page spreads are are cool; they're fine. But with all this going digitally. A two-page spread is just really hard to pull off digitally. Um, usually, you design a two-page spread to flow across left or right. You know, you want to keep the story moving ahead, and you just you only get half and half in most of the readers where you can read it. You're not getting the whole emphasis of the full spread. And when you reduce a page down and say you got an iPod or one of the new readers and you flip it over sideways, it sort of looks cool, but it's going to be small. It's going to be half the size it should be to read. So it, I really suggest don't do two-page spreads if possible. Um, like I said, I mean, you know, everybody says, well, I don't need to worry about digital. You're going to. This is where it's heading. Um, to make money and, and to get readers. I'm already seeing it a lot. So really consider not to uh, pull off two full page, you know, full pages, but not a two page spread. Did I misunderstand that or? Nah. Uh, they, you know, full page spread versus a two page spread. Two page spread. Right. Kind of encompasses both, I would think. Okay. Heck, my opinion is just focus on the story, for God's sakes. You know, don't try to be so tricksy and make everything so, you know, flamboyant and flashy and all that. 
have a good story. People will come to you. You know, save all the flashy crap for the cover. Unfortunately, usually a full-page spread is considered filler. I yeah. Mean, can you all remember the FF issue that John Byrne did? Every page was turned sideways and every page was a full-page spread? Yeah, I hated that. And do you all remember Star Slayer, the first or second issue? Almost every page was a full-page spread because of deadlines that he committed to. There was tons of full-page spreads and double-page spreads within that. I believe it was first issue. might be second. But I remember it was a time restraint, and he had to crank it out. And it's like, wow, this is beautiful art, but it just really slows the story down. So those are two that really jump out at me and makes me realize it. You know, that it, a lot of time, it, it's filler. I mean, I think it's okay every once in a while to throw a full page spread in, but you just really, like John says, you work on your storytelling, tell a good story, show the art. That's my suggestion. What do you think, Bill? Well, I think that, again, you have to... Um... Like John said, if it advances your story, if it's something that's, uh, I mean, I know I've seen people use it way, way, way too much. Um, but if it advances your story in some way, if it's stylistically, it's like the, bending, the whole bending the rules. If, to bend the rules, you have to know the rules. Mm -hmm. And if you just throw one in there, if it's that, then, you know, don't do it. All right. Uh, especially if you're, you have, I mean, you have to look at how you're going to publish it, just like you brought up the digital thing. The format that you're going to put it in, how is it going to break down? Because if you are going to go digital, it's going to uh, hinder you and hinder your storytelling because uh, of the way it's presented. So uh, look at all the, all, the, all the options there, and you know if it works, go ahead and do it. If you feel like you just have to, you know, go ahead. But I, if you don't, it needs to be a part of the story, not just done. Right, I mean, right. I can see it used like, um, you know, I'm working on a concept to do a steampunk story with Blood and Roses. Well, I could see a full page shot if I revealed the girls all steampunked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to show them full body, totally steampunked out. And it, one, it's a setting thing. I'm setting a setting. One, I'm making a one hellacious poster. Right. Um, and and it's sort of like, okay, here's what they're like. Whoa, crap, that's awesome. You know, it's part of the story. It fits within the reveal of this character or whatever. And then you move on into, you know, all the normal paneling and storytelling. I can see it be used as a reveal. You have a character you want to introduce. Boom, steps out of the shadows. Like, no way, not that one, you know. Um, yeah. So that, I can see a single-page spread used. I, I went off earlier. I definitely stay away from double-page spreads. It's just, you know, center spreads or double-page spreads, just because digitally they are nightmares. Believe me, I'm trying to get some of them to work now with some of the Storm Quest and Blood and Roses stuff that Mark Hester did, and uh, they're nightmares. Really, the only time I've ever seen those where they really worked is if you're, like, in the middle of a major space battle. Or if you're, like... Uh, in the middle of something with the Legion of Superheroes, and you have, like, 20 characters. But they can work as individual pages almost yeah, alone, yeah. too. So, yeah. True. Mm -hmm. But when you have a character, it's spread out, spread out over the two pages, and the left one is legs and feet and something, and then yeah. everything's going on in the right one, you're going, 
Right. Okay. I was just, you know. This one has a panel in the upper lantern corner. I've got legs and feet down the middle, and I've got a panel in the bottom. Well, this page has to stay because it has to have those two panels, but it, it's sort of hard. That's another thing. You can do spreads with insert panels, too. That works pretty well. But stay away from two-page spreads, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because of where all this is heading digitally. Yeah, if it works, do it. And if it, mm-hmm. you know, if it, if it has an effect, you know, just think you have to look at what you're doing and think of, think ahead. So, hey, prove us wrong if you can, but you know, this kind of comes from looking at comics for a long time. And so, and it also comes from us looking at what the future of comics are going to be. I mean, right. that's what I spend a lot of time looking at. I mean, in Charlotte, I talked to retailers about. And this is something we need to talk about at some point in time. I, I talked to several retailers about, okay, you know, here's what I plan on doing with the studio starting this fall. And, you know, discussed the whole thing to them. And they came back with a reply that I expected. And they really liked my response to it. And I'm not giving you the, the details because we need to make it a podcast. I just thought of that. And uh, sort of my publishing plan, I don't mind sharing it because I want other people to add to it, develop it, and will all get stronger because of it. But there is a huge change in the comic industry. I was just, I was in my old comic shop for the first time in two months today. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I walked away from the shop or, you know, sold the shop and did, but just, wow. I'm reading more stuff online than I ever did. I still buy a lot of print comics and a lot of trades and collections, but still it's slightly changing for me. Uh, yeah, I was, mm-hmm. Well, I was having the same thing. I mean, you know, we both were just at, uh, at that convention. And I was looking at comics on the tables and stuff. And I'm like, you know, this would be so much easier for me to read digitally than to have to deal with this, you know, paper stuff right now. Right. To have to carry it around. And it's kind of, uh, I was kind of taken aback by my own, you know, mental processes that hey i'm not you know i don't need this tactile thing in my hand i can read it the other way and be just as happy with it right you're gonna make me really discuss my printing my publishing plans aren't you see you got Uh, you got my head cranking got me going so we might this is you guys care knock it out go for it It, here's here's what i um bob justice shout out to bob he's one of the Guy's been around comics as long as I have. He runs a store on the west side of Cincinnati, and he does a great job. He's an old-school comic guy. He loves DC, loves Marvel. He loves comics. Marvel drives me a little crazy, but he loves comics. Huge fan of the artwork and everything. I see him at two or three shows a year, and Bob and I have always kept in contact. And so Bob came up. I says, I want to talk to you about something. He looked real serious. He says, what? I says, well, you guys know I'm working on building a studio again. He goes, yeah, I heard. I says, now, I know honestly up front, you don't care and won't carry any comics that I print as a monthly. And he sort of stepped back. I said, I want honestly here. He goes, well, I don't have a reader for them, and things are very tight. I said, yes, but if I was to release this stuff digitally, put out six issues digitally, build a reader up digitally, then printed hard covers and soft covers, put them in your store, would you carry them at that point in time? 
He goes, okay, you tell me you're going to develop a readership and then print a product that I can sell, and you're going to send that readership to me? I was like, yes. He goes, well, yeah, I do that. So that's it's a real. It sounds real simple, but it's a real possible publishing plan that we're going to play with. We're going to release digitally first, and everything's going to be within six issues, somewhere in there, right about 90 pages, along with sketch art and everything. You can do a nice 120-page graphic novel, and then you release to the stores because hey, bookstores are disappearing now too. When I was working on this plan a year and a half ago, I thought, oh, it'd be easy. We got bookstores that'll carry us. We got comic shops that'll look at us. But I turn around and a lot of the bookstores are going down. So we're looking at Amazon, online sales, yourself selling, of course, and getting it in Diamond. So two folds. One, by offering it digitally, getting it out digitally, you're going to see how much of a readership with the right promotions and getting out there and promoting it and and hawking it, you can build. If you can build a good enough readership and solid enough readership within six issues, then you know what kind of print trade you're going to do. And I, I, I love the way Girl Genius does it. They print a limited amount of hardcovers. So the true collectors will grab the hardcovers and then they keep the soft covers in print. And I highly, highly suggest that. Because to me, the true collectible anymore is that hardcover. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only going to do a set run. I know um, Girl Genius has come back and doing a rerun of their hardcovers because many people didn't catch on at the beginning. But I think they're either, they're, they're, I know they're printed inside because I still need a Girl Genius number one hardcover first printing. But I went ahead and grabbed a second one just to complete my set. Um, so. I think that's a plan. I think retailers, some retailers are going to grump about it because it's like, well, you're bypassing us. But honestly, they won't carry us anyway. They can't afford to. They have to carry Marvels. They have to carry DCs. And they're definitely going to carry a little bit of Dark Horse, Boom, Image, Dynamite now. You know, those, they're going to carry some of those. So we basically have to build a readership. And then take it to them. And it's only going to help the retailers by doing that. So that wasn't my pitch to him. And he was real happy with that idea. So that's sort of my idea for the launch of Successful Studio. It's going to be a lot of work. Because you, you, if you're out there and you put your book on, I think there's six different outlets now. Six or seven. I, I have to go back and check. And they each have different formats, which is a little bit of a pain in the butt. But you get your book out there on every format and every distributor that will take you, non-exclusive. And you offer it yourself also. And you get out there to the shows and promote it. And, you know, you're going to build a readership if it's something they're interested in. So that's that's my idea, guys. What do you think? How that works. I like it. Fronts. Yeah, on both fronts. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Let's do it. Okay. Right now. Well, Podcast over. we got to go work. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> this fall. This fall we'll get cranking. This fall. Yep. Things are coming together. It's looking good. This fall. So anyway, that's 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 big. The, it's not hard. It's Actually, it's very simple. But you just got to dial in the pieces. 
and it's a lot of work up front and investment up front because there's no guarantees. Yeah. Um, I'm still, you know, we're going to play with some different things like there might be a certain special run that we print in comics just so we have some merchandise for shows and stuff. Um, we're definitely going to do a who's who book. That'd be for like free comic book day. Well, Diamond's not going to distribute your free comic book day book if you don't have stuff that the stores can sell for you. So mm-hmm. you're a digital publisher, and you think Diamond's going to distribute your, your free comic book day book? No, they're not. But when you have a backlog of graphic novels that they're carrying and the stores can get, yeah, they will because they have something to sell at that point. So there's there's several other things I'm not giving you yet. So we've got to work them through, but there, there's ways to pull this off. There's a way to benefit from this. The Mar- you know, Marvel and DCs aren't even scratching the surface of digital. I think the independents have so much over top of the of the uh, mainstream publishers because it's such a wider audience out there sitting on their iPads and their I'm not even up to date. I've been out of the circle for a couple months, whatever the new readers are. But uh, I know there's several of them out there now. Blackberry's got one. looks pretty cool. But, um, yeah, it, they're out there, and they're looking for all kinds of stuff to, to read. So the, the, the possibilities of being successful, I think, is very, very great. I think I think the... I don't know if this is going to be the digital age. I hate that. I don't like that term. But whatever this age of comics is going to be, you know, we've had the gold, we've had the silver, we had the bronze. Well, this is definitely a new age of coming comic readers, and it's going to be a little different. You know, the cool thing is, as old guys, we can keep up with our mainstream titles at 3.99 or 2.99, whether they are. But you know, there's some other stuff I would read at 99 cents, or even a Buck ninety nine, maybe. Ninety nine cents sounds better though. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's a lot more out there I would read at that, just because I enjoy the medium. So, I, I it's it's going to happen. It's happening. It's just got to uh, put together the right aspect. Now, you know, I'll, I'll as soon as I figure out how the promotions all that work, I'll be here on the podcast talking about it because. The more I share with everybody who listens to this and they go out and do it, hopefully they bring it back to the boards bill and they share or something we're going to announce at the end of this podcast is another arena where they can share with us directly. So we'll talk more about it at the end of the podcast. Plug, plug. Um, so, um, but bring it to the boards. I mean, if they got a different idea on what I just said about digital publishing than the print, bring it to the boards. Will everything we print digitally go to print? I'm not guaranteeing anything. No. I have a feeling there's going to be stuff that we do strictly digital because we like it, we enjoy it, but it may not go to print because it just may not be an audience in print for it. Um, so, you know, it's sort of tick for tat. There's some stuff that we should probably go to print because it is more of a mainstream. So every project for us with the studio will be looked at Okay, and, and figured out how promoted, and then how 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 to deliver the package, where to deliver the package to. But everything should be digitally. I uh, I can't go over that enough. My ten year old sits on a computer and gets so much of his stuff digitally now; it's unbelievable. So. Okay. Well, your ten year old is a 
digital star as it is. So, you know. Yeah, he got asked for his autograph at Charlotte. That was not nice. his mother was going to have to hold him back. His head swelled up so big. But actually, somebody listened to the podcast, so we appreciate it. But we'd been telling him the whole show he couldn't sign, he couldn't sign, and then he asked. I was like, oh no! But he was he was good about it. He was cool. Nice. But he was all right. Yeah. Um, that's sort of that. Um, Bill. We. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, we had one more from Bill, I believe, didn't we? Yeah, this was also on the board. Uh, I think it's Thomas Cosby, and uh, it was about. Uh, he says, I have some stories I created and I'm waiting to get them printed on demand. The question is, do I need a specific ISBN and barcode from the printing service, printing service by my own at uh, Bowker or do without one? I'm mixed up on which uh, print-on-demand service to use, and each one requires their own ISBN for their services, but will not work with each other. I'm still debating releasing the stories as standard comic books or combining them into a graphic novel, which would work either uh, which would work with either service um, so that's basically a technical publishing question right um, I'm not too sure that a, a uh, print on command can make you buy your ISBN from them um, I know blue line sells them at below cost than most anybody else so you can go to bluelinepro.com get the phone number and then Call Mike. Um, he sells them all the time. ISBN numbers. Um, it's important to have one, and in, in that it's filed, that um, it's easier for people to look up your your books and stuff. Um, it also helps the printer because that's how your book is identified, and every ISBN number is different. So it's easy for them. Basically, I have a funny surprise. Their job number for that book is the ISBN number. But I would ask them if you already have one, if that's cool. You don't have to buy one from them. Um, now, they might toss one in to cheap to you to get you to use them. So play that card, too. You know, check out what Belkin says. Um, check out what Blue Line says. And then see if they offer you a better deal for it. But definitely have one um, for the ISBN. Now, go comics or trade. I, wow, I guess it depends. If you think you can get a breedership that will spend 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, 18 bucks for a trade, then you might want to go to the trade. If you can do a one shot, a complete story in a comic book form and sell it for a couple bucks to get a feel for what people want, if they like it, I would go that route. I, w- I personally think, and that's sort of why, and I would definitely go digital, just as we previously talked about. Um, I think I think right now things are very tight out there, guys. You know? And I think asking somebody to spend anywhere from 9 10 to 18 to 20 bucks on print-on-demand, I know Darren, Jackie, and Krista, they do that. Now, I think they have charged 15 18 bucks for their graphic novels or more. Um, cause they're running them pretty, might be running them eight or nine bucks a piece. Um, that's a lot for somebody to jump in and not know anything about your stuff. So, you know, I would definitely have a site. I would put sample story out there. I would think about putting together a, 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 a one shot 
sort of a complete story and introducing your title, your book for a couple bucks, let them try it. And then inside there, of course, put your site information and your graphic novel information in case they want, you know, they want more. They really enjoy it. Uh, it's the days of it's there's a lot out there. I mean, shoot, DC's getting ready to launch 52 number ones. Let's get the retailers crazy. That's another thing. Bob Justice walked up to me and says, man, you got out of this gig just in time because <laughs> he's going crazy trying to figure out how to order that. But, you know, it, it's tough market. So what do you guys think? Uh, with the DC thing, they're teaching people how to steal. Well, no. It's, to be honest with you. Just don't talk about DC. That's a whole other subject. <laughs> they are, you're with, right. They are. Yeah, with the DC digital thing. But um, I don't know. I, I think you're probably right because you've got – you really people have really got to realize. I mean, you know, you may be very invested in your characters and maybe people in your circle may be very invested in your characters. But the rest of the world doesn't know you from anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got to develop that relationship and that readership before you can expect people to really jump in on it. I mean, you referenced Girl Genius before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look how long Phil Foglio and Kaja Foglio now uh, have been plugging away at this and have been, you know, yep. doing it in many different formats. You know, doing it as a comic, then taking it digital and then taking the digital and making that a graphic novel and, you know, doing, doing all these different little ways to make it appealing to a large segment of people. Right. And, and, you know, uh, Phil Foglio himself, you know, plugging away at, at things like the myth books, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting his own name out there and in turn getting girl Genius's name out there. Right. So, yeah, I think the thing is, if nothing else, throw a 99-cent PDF out there yourself. It costs mm-hmm. you nothing, and you make profit off of it. And you right. see, if you can, if you do your job after hawking it, promoting it, um, you see if you can get a readership for it or not. That's... I mean, you know, Amazon set the price point at uh-huh. 99 cents. If you start asking for anything else, you better really be able to deliver the only reason marvel and dc asked a buck 99 one they're greedy no um, right well it's supposed to keep it high enough where the traditional reader would rather have the print version instead of the digital version for a buck more that was the breakdown on why the buck 99 and of course they're like sure it's like free money to us something we yeah. don't have any investment in and we're gonna make money. So, um, but the whole reason when they first and that's the way they sold it, sold it to retailers is like, well, we're gonna do this, but we're gonna keep it at dollar ninety nine. And you know, true readers will pay that extra dollar and and come and get it. And to me, I'm like, shoot, offer it ninety nine and get us a bunch of new readers yeah, and no make kidding. them come in here and buy trades and stuff because they want the collection. So, I don't know. I, evidently, I didn't think as a traditional retailer. I thought of Somebody wanting to promote the readership of comics? Uh, Imagine that, Bill. How dare you? Yeah, I know. So, I mean, definitely don't expect a read. I walk around these shows, and I look and look and look at a lot of material. i tell you who has it down, John. Um, you know him. Um, uh, Adam Comfort Love. 
Oh, heck yeah. They offer it up digitally. They print yep. single issues of it. And then when they get enough done, they offer it in a trade. Which yes. I forgot to grab. Was it Rainbow? Oh, yeah, Warrior? Rainbow in the Dark. Rainbow the in the one. Dark. I forgot to grab yeah, that trade. Yeah. Yeah. So I look forward to see them at the next show. And they were down in Charlotte, and I didn't get a chance to, to go talk to them. But they've got that whole mode down. That you offer out digitally as a complete book and then print at the shows. It's a merchandise. And then once they get enough finished, then they offer the trade out there. Yeah, yeah. they they are incredibly smart about this. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, in part they have to be because it's their main source of income. But uh, they have they have it all planned out. They self-promote better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. They do. Uh, yeah, they're promoting not only on their own blog, but they they self-promote everywhere. Right. So, you know, they're they're really out there and they get their name out there and uh you know, um they're doing it right. Other people could definitely follow their lead. Oh yeah. I agree. <laughs> oh I, I agree. Well, I I, I emailed them and uh-huh. uh, I may be inking something for them, like a pin up or something. Oh Ooh. nice. Someday. Cool. Someday, yeah. whenever that works out. I love them so. to death. They're they're yep. great yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, I remember very briefly at Chicago a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. On two separate occasions, Bob, um, mm-hmm. Comfort has run out of sketch cards. Yeah. And come running to me because I always have a pack of Blue Line sketch cards with me. Oh yeah. So, on two separate occasions at Con, she's come to me and gone, "You got any sketch cards? I'm out." I'm like, "Yeah, here you go." <laughs> she runs off, draws some more. Oh yeah. They do a great job. Huh. Yep. But um. Okay. All right. Well, we've been dancing around it for a while now. So yes. You want to get to uh, the big reveal of this podcast? Big reveal. Well, like everything with Sketch, it evolves. And uh, Sketch started out as a magazine. <laughs> yes, there still will be another magazine. Someday. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> and then we moved into the podcast. And guys, do you realize it's been almost a year? We're, we're closing Ooh. in a few more weeks. That we will have hit this for a year. We're at 47, 48, I think. So sometime at the end of July. And I remember I was down at Lake Cumberland when the first one went live because I was sitting there making sure everything worked the way it was supposed to work. Um, mm-hmm. That was in the days that we actually pre-recorded these a little bit more in advance. Um <laughs> Yeah, we did that really. Yeah, wow. believe it or not, I don't think so very long, but um, so yeah, um, and this has been great. Podcast has been great. I really enjoy this hour. So we sit here and talk about this. It's a lot of fun and communication. But I want to ramp it up a little bit. So I think for now we still try to do the podcast once a week, keep it going. But if Bill and John agrees, we're going to try to do a live chat. We're going to do a sketch live chat. And it will be it will be a phone number you can call in. Um, I'm getting it all set up now, and we will be a certain time, a certain day. And the odds are it's probably Wednesdays or earlier in the week. It will work best because of the way we all travel. So I know Bill's tied up Tuesday, Thursday. So probably Wednesday might work out the best for us guys. John's gone a lot of times on Fridays, Saturday, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, 
we'll, we'll Bill will announce this. We'll get Bill to set up a board. Call it Sketch Live Chat. Okay, Bill. Mm-hmm. And um, once I get the phone number, we'll post it. And then the morning of the chat, we'll post the pin. You'll be able to call it in. It'll ask you for a pin number. You dial in the pin at the time of the call. And the three of us will be on there talking, answering, taking questions, um, just, just you know, sharing. You know, we'll have people come on and share about it. We'll record these for people who can't don't want to spend minutes on their phone or can't don't have time that day to listen to it and we'll post them um and on the boards and eventually with a new site that we posted on the new site and uh, um it's just another way to get working one-on-one and talking more with the artists and get the artists to feed give us feedback and share some of their ideas and chats and maybe even we can bring in some guests you know um call in some some artists and, and have them come in and take questions and stuff. So it might evolve. I think it's going to, we're going to try a couple with just us and, you know, and, and the listeners coming on the callers and then we'll evolve it where maybe we can bring in on guests who will take some Q and a and stuff. So um, I'm involved in some of these on another area that I'm in and they're very interesting. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they just totally fall apart. So, so I'll be honest. Um, we're getting this our software set up. It's set up. I want to launch it in two weeks. If everybody's schedule lines up, we'll get back together. But it is Sketch Live Chat, and uh, I will promote it heavily through the newsletters. Let people know. And like I said, you can call the number, but unless you get the pen, you're not going to go anywhere. Then the day of the chat, we'll post the pen that morning and give you a time that we're going to do it. And then uh, we'll try it. I, 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 to me, it gets us back to that convention feel. And Charlotte, I had a lot of fun talking to the artists because they had questions about pencils or questions about nibs or questions about inks. And then I was asking them, well, what do you use and how do you use it? And what, what, you know? So we got to go back and forth on stuff. And it was a lot of fun. So I think this is one step that not everybody can do the conventions. But yet, I'm not a huge chatter. I, I go to a lot of chat boards and stuff on this thing that I'm involved in. And I'm not a big sit there and type, 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 type with my dyslexia and stuff. And yes, Clay gets it honestly. I just, I make too many mistakes. You, John, you and Bill know. I'm, you know, sometimes, you know, you forget a knot and it changes a whole stream of a sentence, you know. Um, so I'm not a big chatter as far as typing. I'd rather talk. So um, it's, it's, if you, everybody's willing. Let's give this a shot a couple times and uh, see what we can do. All right. Sounds I refuse. No, I'm kidding. We can do it. <laughs> we can even bring, when Chuck gets some time, we'll bring Chuck in. Because I think Chuck would be great at this. Probably. Yeah, but I know. If we find three minutes in his schedule. Yeah, I, I was getting ready to say, right now in his schedule, it's not there. Yep. So, um, but, um. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's shoot for two weeks. Um, Bill will announce it. Is that okay, Bill? Yep. You seem to run the boards. So um, yep. we'll make a new post on the boards about it. And then every time we do one of these, you can create a new topic on, or a new post underneath that topic. Or however those. I forget how it all breaks down. But um, we'll give it a shot. And uh, 
I think it'll be a lot of fun. So be ready. Be ready to call in. Um, I know you can use Skype. So anybody who don't have Skype, get out there and grab it. It's free. Get it in place. Get it used to it. Play with it a little bit. It costs you nothing to Skype in. I'm not too sure if we see your call if you Skype in. That's something we're going to mess around with prior. So we'll let you know on the boards whether we can or not. But um, if you want to just call in and ask a few questions, rock and roll. I think it'll be fun. I, I think it's going to be a blast. And we will record these, post them, so you'll be able to listen to them as MP3s, or there'll be a recorder that you'll be able to click and listen to it. And it'll be pretty nice. That's it. Spread the word to your friends. Let everybody know. Yeah, get on other boards. Let them know about it. We're going to open up the doors. So... Now, I'm prepared for anything. I mean, I I expect to have people come in and say, hey, I use Blue Line and I get this, this, and this. And believe me, there's nothing that's happened that I haven't seen on Blue Line. And usually I can come up and tell you a reason why once we get down to the facts of what you're doing with it or if you're using it for the right thing. So I'm open. I'm ready to talk about it. And then we got to get Bill to talk. Everybody loves listening to Bill talk. Whatever. He's the Barry White of this podcast, after all. That's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, now that the big reveal is out, we're going to give it a shot. John, you want to update us on the uh, Sketch Magazine blog or at comicrelated.com? Certainly. Um, a uh, A lot of different kinds of tutorials this time out. Uh, the most recent one being shading with a calligraphy pen. Um, as I have said many times, I'm a big advocate of whatever it takes to get the job done. So um, this guy here uses calligraphy pens, um, those kind of squared off nib pens for his shading process and does a fairly good job with it. So go check that out. Uh, a little series on comic layout on the Manga Studio software. Um, I have that software myself, haven't had a chance to really mess with it, but uh, it's reputedly very good for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, go check that out when you have a chance. Um, have a more standard uh, hand tutorial on making word balloons and sound effects uh, by a female creator, which is, you know, always nice. So uh, go check that out. Then um, I came across this one from uh, one of the Boston Comic Cons, where uh, this couple is talking uh, at a panel about how to sell, what to sell, and how to make money at a convention. Wow. Uh, this is, you know, this is all a very big deal right now uh, for for people because it is convention season. We're right in the middle of convention season. So uh, it's brief, but it does give some pretty good tips on what to do at a convention and, uh, you know, what might fly off your table better than other things. Uh, After that or before that, um, there's a panel on self-publishing. Now, this one dates way back in 2006 at the Space Convention. Uh, You'll see some old uh, friends there of ours, um, Especially uh, my buddy Eric Adams with a, uh, let's call it a unique hairstyle there that I uh, I picked on him incessantly about for a little while. So <laughs> go check that out. Then uh, let's see. We have comic strips as a learning tool. I came across a couple of videos that talk about how comic strips can be used as branding. 
um, how creative people can be better managers in uh, in the real world and how people in the creative arts define success. Uh, then beyond that, more of a straight, actually just uh, kind of watching an artist do her thing, uh, Wonder Woman by Kate Palmer, uh, who's using uh, pencils and inks to create Wonder Woman. She's really more of a craft type of person, but uh, she does a pretty mean Wonder Woman. So check that out. Then back over to Manga Studio for a little inking tutorial. And I think that brings us back to where we were with what creators wanted to be when they grow up. If you haven't had a chance to check out that video, please do. It's uh, interesting and funny and insightful all at the same time. So check it out. Cool. So, um, Bill, what's going on at Sketchblog and at ComicsMentor.com? Um, on the uh, comic-related forum, um, of course, we still, again, we have people coming in, and that's always nice to see. And I've talked before about Fred Lang, and a little piece of news is that he's now working for Hasbro. Awesome. Lucky. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's Emailed me before we made it, you know made it public, so that's you know, that's just awesome to see somebody go through stuff. And there are other people who are continuing to work on their samples and do. Some of them are doing sketch a day uh, topic things where they're that's their goal is to do a sketch a day and post it. Um, and then you can sort of look back and see the progression. You know, look back six months ago and see how they've changed and how they've. Um, used comments or grown into their style, that kind of thing. So that's always fun to see, and let's have more of it. Yep. Um, and on the sketch, on the uh, Comics Mentor, I mean, it's more like personal stuff again, but it's, you know, personal growth, but it's, you know, things like clean up your messes. Uh, because going through your life, you, you, um, things happen, and sometimes feelings get hurt or uh, misunderstandings or harsh feelings that kind of thing just the, the, you know runs the gamut so be mindful of what you do because it affects other people and sometimes you're not even aware um, that it happens that you know that uh, right again that's a personal it's some things come out of my own experience or things that happen and it's like oh wait a minute something I probably needed to hear today so let me write about it so again I'm talking to myself first and if it helps you then you know Bill I told you John did it not me wasn't me uh huh uh, I'm I'm never involved with any wrongdoing <laughs> I never leave my house I'm a hermit <laughs> well most okay. comic artist alright I'm yeah. sorry seriously <laughs> no, that, no. that's a good post that's good well, that was, that's the biggie today, and I'm still answering. If you want to ask me a question on FormSpring, you can log into FormSpring and ask me a question because um, it posts my blog too. So, and I try to answer some that have something to do with comics or you know personally, mm -hmm. um, yeah, be specific or you know you can ask whatever, and then you can, you can in turn ask other people the same question. You know, sort of get a, a a range of ideas or, or comments. So, 
So that's probably it. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, let's see, I got Clay's way back on track and uh, been messing around with Blue Line a little bit and working on getting the studio. Been thinking about something cool with the studio because I'm really all about sharing, of course, with Sketch what we do so to help others be successful. And something we talked about today was possibly somehow recording the steps on building this studio, like historically or as a, I don't know, rec- video or something, so that we can share with people the process that we did to build the studio so then maybe they can take bits and pieces of what we're doing to do their own success story, you know? Um, I don't know if you guys, George Lucas, you, you'll find tons of stuff at his beginning. Because very early on, he recorded and did photographs and had people write about stuff that they were building at the very early stages of Star Wars and the other movies. And now, you know, they share them in these great, big, beautiful books. But it's a great knowledge to figure out the steps they went through to get there, you know. And you can learn a lot. So it's something we've been talking about. It could possibly be part of the skystormstudio.com site once it launches and the share, or it could be part of Sketch. But we've been going over that along with many other things. So um, that's really it. And working out the Sketch chat live, live chat. Let me get the wording right. Sketch live chat. So, um, John, how can they get a hold of you, bud? Uh, Just... Type in John at sketchmagazine.net. I'm sure it'll find its way through the tubes of the internet. And just wanted to thank Thomas Cosby for personally sending me a rather long, extensive email that we will get to piece by piece on a future podcast. Yes. Bill, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can write me directly at comicsmentor at gmail.com or you know, go to the comic-related forum and yeah, see what's happening there. All right. Or you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. That goes to all three of us. And that way we can discuss it prior to the podcast. And uh, it really helps us figure out what to talk about here. So, like I said, two, we'll, we'll do a podcast next week. Hopefully we'll have the live chat more settled. And then we're going to do it in two weeks. So, um, you know, put the word out. More people we get online, more fun this is going to be. We'll try. It might just be the three of us sitting there again talking, but um, we'll give it a shot. So, um, all right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. See you next time.